0: People really thought like they kinda just counted me out and I always counted myself in because I'm always going bet the house on myself. So when I do that and when I have that mindset, I just know that I can do anything, like literally anything. And and I feel like that's probably like the main thing that I have that I um that I that's very important to have like with any athlete, um, was just like having confidence in yourself and just being like comfortable with yourself and how you compete, how you perform i think um the track world just gained another fan just because of like this meet this was the this was literally like the greatest world championships ever
1: i'm joshua potts mr Possible, always with the brother with the same mother aaron potts super hot potts and you're watching and listening to your favorite two black runners every single two black two.
2: yes sir
3: we back again repping the 909 today i'm excited for our
1: guest joshua go through though let them know let them know who we got on today bro y'all don't know man y'all don't well actually y'all do know she introduced herself to the world the past two years doing her thing on the track this is special this is special to us like let, let me tell you all this is special like we got on like let's let's not even talk about the world accomplishments first. We got the CNUSD Intermediate Champion, you yes feel sir. Me? Middle School 100 Meter <laughs> Champion. We got a nine-time Louisiana Louisiana State Champion, repping Nola. A fourth at World Championships this past year in the 100 Meters Hurdler. She's mm. an NCAA Champion as well in the 100 meter Hurdles. We're talking about an SEC Champion. She repping the L LSU. Right Let right me up. tell you. 11th fastest American all time in the 100 meter hurdles fifth fastest in all conditions all time and you know that's just gonna go lower lower and lower she may be the greatest I don't know she's definitely great right now Aaliyah Armstrong is joining us on the two black runners podcast this is dope this is dope Aliyah, how are you how are you doing
0: I'm good I'm good I'm just trying to kind of unwind from my season it's been pretty long so it's It's fun to kind of like get a break, I guess you could say, because I haven't had that in about six months.
3: (laughs) That's yeah, no, that is crazy. And it's crazy that you've been to Eugene. You were in Eugene a lot, a lot this summer. We were there as well, too, for USA's Worlds. But you were there for NCAA's, USA's, Worlds. What were you eating out there? How were you surviving? (laughs) I know that food ain't like Louisiana food.
0: (laughs) No, it's actually the complete opposite. Um, There wasn't a lot of options, but I kind of just tried to stay like to the commercial foods. My eating habits are actually very, very bad. You would think that I eat like, oh my gosh, yeah, she probably eats like salads and all this stuff. No, no, I don't. I eat chicken nuggets and fried chicken, and (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, no, it wasn't it wasn't the most ideal type of eating style. But I mean, I just made do with what I could. I had to survive, so.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But granted, like you being able to go to Eugene so many times this summer, just like is really a blessing. You know, like it led to the world championships, to the world stage in that 100 meter hurdle final. And like I remember I was talking to you after the race, like you had one of the greatest starts probably ever. Like you had the greatest start in the race in a world record race. You know what I mean? And was going head to head with some of the top women in the world just like how looking back at that race now and I know you're excited at that moment but now looking back at that 12-3-1 with 2.5 wind just like how do you see it uh now looking back after about a month now does it feel like I don't know something like that
2: um
0: I would say looking back at it um I kind of just wanted my I just wanted to put myself in the same position that I put myself in last year And when I say that, I mean, like, you know, last year I ended off at Olympic trials running 1265 after a season of like, you know, not my best performances. And so like this season, I kind of wanted to top that by a lot. And so um, in doing that, I kind of just went into the race mentally knowing that it's literally like just higher level athletes that I'm running against. And all I have to do is step up to the plate. And I didn't want to back down to nobody. I knew that I was coming from college and I was kind of like the underdog. Yeah. And no one really expected me to, you know, not even be in the semis. Like people were saying that I was going to be out after round one just because of lack of experience. And, you know, I haven't really been on the stage a lot. So people really thought like they kind of just counted me out. And I always counted myself in because I'm always going to bet the house on myself. So when I do that and when I have that mindset, I just know that I can do anything like literally anything and I just literally like started I just went into the race because right before the race my mom actually like kind of came to the bottom and like she, you know she with me before every race even when I'm on the track mm-hmm. and she just told me like you have to get out like there's no other way you have to get out because these girls they got the same amount of talent as you and you can outdo them you just have to get out and stay out and so I knew that I had to have a good start. So I was like, okay, just let the gun scare you. So I just let it kind of just scare me and then mm-hmm. I reacted to it and that was that was kind of like the reason why my start was so good cuz my mom literally told me like seconds before my race, you have to get out and I was like, okay, mama, I got you.
3: <laughs> and Aliyah, what's crazy about you? You're only what? 20? 20 years old? 21. You're 20, you're 21 years old. You're you're going to your junior your junior year right at LSU mm-hmm. so I'm like where does this like maturity come from like how much had you mature you know from the Olympic trials the year prior to you at world championships on on that starting line up against someone that just set the world record and there was just there was so much drama going on in the 100 meter hurdles even on the, the 110s on the men's side like how would you say like you matured from that Olympic trials time to boom, you're on the starting line at the world championships?
0: Um, it's a really good question. No one's really ever asked me that. But I would say um, a lot of my maturity comes from um, a lot of outsiders who believed in me, even when I didn't like necessarily always believe in myself. And the outsiders would probably be my coach, um, Coach Shaver and Coach Ards. They, um, they kind of always just told me, like, we see the potential in you, but you have to see it for yourself. And, I mean, of course, my mom as well. I'll get to her in a second. But they always told me that I can I can do it. Like, no matter who I race against, um, I can do anything that I put my mind to. And coming from Olympic trials last year, it was kind of like a glimpse into that and, like, it was like a little, it was like a little sneak peek. And when I, when I left Olympic trials, he told me like, okay, next year, you know, the expectations are higher and you know that when you go on those big stages, you can compete with those girls. You just have to know you can. And so going into this year, I kind of just, I kind of just upped my game mentally. And I kind of just like remembered what he was telling me and how much he believed in me. Cause having a coach believe, believe in you is like pretty much everything. Cause he's like, you know, the person who is molding you so he can see more things the average Joe you know so um, I would say that he was a made a really big reason why I had so much faith and just like maturity going into this next season and also to my mom because she always just um, instilled into my brain that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and God is a big he plays a big role in it as well but she always just told me that I can do everything and I feel like going into this season, like even with SECs this year, being a 60 meter champion is is kind of just like a shock. And, you know, so like I was running against some of the top dogs in the 60 and I literally like only ran it one time last year. So that kind of like built my maturity as well, just with confidence, knowing that I didn't even know I could do it. But just because I had so much faith in myself, my coach, my mom, that was like a huge reason as to why. So. My maturity kind of grew just from actually watching like my progress over the year and like just how how far I could get just with faith. So yeah, that's pretty much why.
1: Yeah, I, I like that. I, I really, really like that. Definitely like hearing from the outside because you even alluded to it when you're first describing in the beginning, just saying that your your mom telling you you have the same talent as these girls and like that's a that's a that's a big statement to make. it's the right statement to be made but it's a big statement to be made like in that moment and just to be like you're only 21 years old and you have the same talent as these people next to you that have broken world records that have won olympic gold that have been on the olympic stages like several times before that you have like similar talent as them and you definitely shown it in that race but to come away with like a fourth place finish was it was it I gotta ask was it like a little bittersweet you know like you're all like a fourth place first world championships like you're right there from the from the bronze you know like what's a little what's a little bittersweet
0: um I would say it was more sweet than bitter I didn't really feel any bitterness I guess the bitter probably just came from like dang Leah like it's just little tiny things, you know, uh-huh. like it's not really like, oh, my gosh, like that just cost me a whole medal. Like I'm literally I think I don't really feel the bitter side because I do this because I love it. And not because yeah. it's like a job for me. Like, it's not a job. It's just something that I go and do because it's therapeutic. And I literally just have fun. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people take I feel like they take the sport too serious in their own life. And that's why they have a lot of downfall and trouble because they're just not having fun with it. So I would say like, I would say it was more sweet just because like, one, I was the last American standing. And the fact that I'm the youngest American. That's crazy. And I was pretty much the only one that was counted out and like saying that I wasn't gonna make it to the final. um, It kind of just, it was like, it was so sweet just to see, just because I really just proved everybody wrong without having to say a word. You know, I just showed it with my talent. I would say that was more so the sweet part, but yeah, it was, it wasn't really too, it wasn't really bitter. Cause literally when I crossed the line, like you would think like, oh, fourth place. Okay. Whatever. But like, I was actually jumping for joy. I was like, yes, I got fourth. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fun.
3: Most definitely. I mean, I would have been the, I would have been the same been way if I got, yeah. If I got fourth at the world championships, that's just, just crazy. Especially like, you're so early in your career to to reach that height. Like, did you think that you would be here this early? Like if someone would have told you your senior year of high school that you'd be, you know, participating at the world champs, like your sophomore, your sophomore year. Is that was that something on your mind where you're already like, oh, I'm gonna make it to the 2020 Olympics? Or like, did you imagine you would be here this quickly?
0: um i would that's a really good question as well uh i would say that i always spoke it into existence like i always said you know my goal i'm you know i'm gonna make it to the 2020 olympics blah blah and like you know run at you know the next level and compete at, against like all these professional athletes that i yeah. always looked up to but it's always like different when you're saying it versus when you're there and mm-hmm. when i when like initially when i got to the olympic trials um it was, like, one step. It was, like, okay, I'm not Olympic Charles Cool. But, like, I made the final. It was, like, whoa.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: So, I actually got something here. Mm-hmm. And so, I think this year, um, looking back, if someone were to tell me, like, oh, yeah, you're going to be at Worlds and you're going to make the team. I was actually, like, in shock when I left. Well, when I crossed the line at USA Charles because literally, like, I dipped at the line and I seen that, like, I was, I was in third. And I was, like, oh, my gosh, I just made the USA team. Yeah. And That's so crazy. it was kind of like, it was kind of like the experience was kind of a little surreal, but it was still like, but I already, like, I talked about this. I knew I, I knew I did it, but like mm-hmm. when it happens, it's just like, it's just like, wow, it's really happening, you know? And so I figured, I figured it was going to happen sooner or later, but I guess to answer your question, like this soon, ugh, no, I didn't <laughs> expect that. I didn't.
3: Yeah. I bet you I bet your mom, your mom did though. Like. What I remember from your mom when I was in high school and then your your sister, when Akia was running, like best hype, best hype woman out there, bruh. like, you know what I'm saying? Like she would even just see me at practice or something. She'd be like, yo, y'all see her run back in there. Like most best hype, hype person out there for show. How early in your life did she recognize that talent? Cause I feel like she's someone that might have been telling you this, like, when you won the CNUSD, you know, championship. <laughs> like, yo, you could be the greatest of all time. Cause that that's the type of like, and it's a great, it's a great energy. And like, you talk a lot about like your faith and like, yeah yeah, I'm like, it's crazy. Like I even feel like with our, with my parents, like stuff that they tell you as like a young kid, it's like, man, like, like I know our dad like truly believes, like they believe in you almost more than you do yourself. And I feel like as you come into adulthood, You start to recognize that positive energy and faith that they were they really like instilled in you to give you almost like for me I feel like you know just raising my my own level of self-esteem you know what I mean and it's just like yeah I just wanted to hear more because your mom is just yeah so such great energy to be around
0: oh yeah um so every track meet we have this thing where she just has to be there like I, it, she hasn't, I don't think she missed one track meet. She missed one, but that's cause I wasn't, um I wasn't hurdling or anything. I was just doing the sixty for fun mm-hmm. and then ended up like running a really good time. So like, I just told her not to come because I, it was kind of just like a waste, but every track meet this season, she's been at it. And like you said, she is pretty much the best hype man I know. Like she will be in the stands, literally screaming my name. Like at world, she was running up and down the stadium. Like literally like she was, like she was just a cheerleader, like the little uh the monster, the mascot. Like that was legend? The world. legend like, <laughs> Yes, she was literally like legend. She was probably better than him. Yes. She should have been in the costume. But yeah, I just think she's just like she's just like my foundation and why I'm where I'm at mentally, because she's literally, like you said, instilled every single piece of self-esteem and self-confidence that I have in me. And that's just from literally from diapers, like she always knew that I was going to be something. So I feel as though like, you know, aside from all of like the the trials and tribulations that I went in in the past, I mean, that I went through in the past, she was always that just that like light at the end of the tunnel. And like, it just kept me going and it kept me going. And her her energy is so, so contagious. And it, I literally catch it every like every single time when I'm at a track meet and I feel her presence it's almost like I just feel it and then I run fast you know and I think that's just like I wouldn't say she's my good luck charm but she's definitely something that that keeps me like grounded in there and if I hear her voice every race I hear her voice while I'm running and it's literally the only voice that I hear and it just like motivates me and makes me go faster so I think just her being there and just her being the type of mom she is and the hype woman she is. It's literally like probably one of the main reasons why I am where I'm at.
1: Yeah. I, and for people that don't like, it seems like people outside looking in, they're all like, Oh, it seems like they, they know each other. Well, uh, let me just get the background on it. So Akia, Aaliyah's older sister went to high school with Aaron and then me and Aaliyah were, at river heights a middle school here in eastville california at the same time as well aaron also went to river heights as well so we got three river heights legends on, on the call hey i got right athlete now. of the
3: year i got athlete of the year when i was there bro bro me too
2: <laughs> <laughs> <That's> my highest
1: <laughs> accomplishment bro. like let's go but i think it's just really um and then to the, the see Aaliyah do it, yeah, we, we can get into that later too. But I think what, what you guys were saying too, just about like our parents, like instilling things with us since diapers. But like I really feel like from a young age, I always, I feel like dad always made it um, important to like hit on like, that, like being a pots is a big deal, even though like in reality, to somebody else it may not be a big deal. But to us, like the name pots, I felt like it held some weight for me, you know? And that definitely was something that like motivated me like day in and day out. That like not not to the fact of where like I felt like entitled or something, but to the fact of all like, yeah, I have a I have a standard that I need to meet with is that comes from my schoolwork, if that comes from like first impressions on the people like being kind like when it comes to track and anything else like being a pots like definitely means something to where like I'm gonna try and get something in life and I, re- I really feel like I'm really getting that more and more because I just watched King Richard uh last week and like this dude I just loved how Richard was calling like he was like a uh, Venus Williams and uh Serena Williams like all the time like making sure that they knew that like not like Serena, like your full name Mm -hmm. is like important. Like not, not just Serena, not just Venus. Like you are a name, like you are something that is, that is larger than life. Like you can be something that is larger than life and be able to inspire like many, many people. I remember talking to you, Aaliyah. uh, I think that was at Worlds. You were saying that like what you learned a lot is that you've been able to like inspire like people like this past year as well, just like, how does that, how does that kind of feel in the past just couple months being able to like learn the weight of like what you to learn, the, what the, like what you have done and the weight that you kind of carry with you now as the things that you've accomplished.
0: Um, coming, coming from just like a long season and not being able to process really all of my accomplishments. Cause as soon as I get back, like, you know, I'm at the next competition I've kind of been able to sit down and just like reflect on my entire season and I actually like I actually had a breakdown on my way home from um from Eugene after mm-hmm. Worlds and I literally was just on the plane and all of a sudden like I thought about it and I just started crying because it wasn't tears of sadness um a little bit of it was because it was over and I like you know I'm going to miss all the people that I met but
2: yeah.
0: it was tears of joy and it was it was coming from a place of I've literally just, like, shocked the world, but at the same time, like, I'm literally being that figure that I've always wanted to be for, like, the younger generation, because just a few months prior, I literally false started at nationals and was, couldn't even, like, claim a title or anything, you know, not saying, you know, that was my title set in stone, but I had an opportunity to get a national title indoor, and I literally false started, and a lot of people would think, like, okay, yeah, you just, like, fundamentally go down and give up, but I never, never, never once lost the faith. And I did that merely because obviously I had a, a end goal. And I also wanted to show a lot of people that just because you hit a bump in the road doesn't mean that that's the end of life and it's all over. Like you kind of have to keep going. You know, you make a mistake, you learn from it and life moves, like life goes on. Mm-hmm. And so I think making it to the stage that I made it to, and using my platform and just my abilities to inspire others has meant the world to me because there's a lot of little girls and little boys and even older people that I've noticed look up to me and use me as like a guide and a role model and that's always been one of my dreams to just like inspire people because I was inspired by track athletes you know Allison Felix, Sydney McLaughlin. I looked up to them and um, I still do but I just think that, like, that was something that I always wanted to do because I've seen what it did for me, and I, I wanted to do the same thing for younger people just because they can be where I'm at too and not, you know, get into trouble and be on the streets and this, that, and the third. Yeah. Like, just do something positive with your life, and that's just something that, like, I can hold near and dear to my heart.
3: It feels so good. I've had a couple of those moments when you have that, like, good cry, but it's like, like you're saying, it's just like, pure happiness and just like for me it's like very like it's when i feel like something good happens like you just feel very grateful just that grateful type of feeling and it's just over overwhelming and it's like i don't know when i have those moments it's like seeing like how you're saying at the olympic trials you feel like that was like a sneak peek and it's like seeing like your vision like really manifest and like you don't always Mm -hmm. know what exactly is gonna look like? Like for you, you said you you fall started indoor. You didn't think that was a part of the journey that was gonna get you to this spot, but it's just like amazing when you have these moments, especially being a person of faith, and you're and you're just like, man, it just really like makes God even seem even greater than like. You know, because it's just like, dang, bro, you really did it like that. Like yeah. what? <laughs> like that's crazy. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And
1: I feel that. I've I've definitely felt that before. Cause, yeah, yeah. Because it's like too, like you know, the story's already written. Like your story is already written, but all he does have to, all all God is doing is just unveiling it to us. You know, like yeah. our life is already like predetermined and everything. But as long as we like fall down his path and everything and don't drift away, like he'll just unveil with us like the great things that he has in front of us and to have that moment y'all like, dang, he he made me fall. Like it makes you 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 look back, you're like, dang, my life is a Disney movie. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, bro, like how was this this happening uh like this? And even just that that even just goes back to when we were talking about earlier, just like the things that you're you you knew from the beginning that like you're destined for something. If that something is not I even mean, Being big, but possibly to inspire something like that, and that's where I kind of want to go. I want to rewind a little bit, like when you were like a little kid. Did you feel like this was? Did you did it? Imagine like when you when you were back in California. Did you feel like like professional track and field star? Was that the plan? Was it to be at LSU? Was it to be like running track? Was it was to be a police officer? American flag? Was to be something else? It's anyway. <laughs> you know, um, like <laughs> y'all like I wanna be a I wanna be a, a a fire truck when I grow up. You know how kids <laughs> the I don't yeah. know, I'm just throwing things out there. Like...
0: That's hilarious. Um, so it's funny you say that because nobody knows that. I actually from the age of six years old to my senior year in high school, I played soccer. I was never a track runner. And so um I did track here and there, of course, like at River Heights, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um a little bit in elementary school but it was never really like the forefront of my brain you know Mm. I knew I was fast but I never really I never really like I wanted to run track because you know my sister did it my mom did it yeah it was never just like oh my gosh like this is my first you know passion and it didn't become that until my junior in high school when I you know started seriously running and you know going to the state meet and all that stuff I kind of just I kind of just played soccer and that was really like where I wanted to go. Like I was going to soccer route, and I was trying to see if I could get scholarships and this down the third, but being from Louisiana, you know, it's not really highly recruited in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't really get like a lot of offers on the table or a lot of like different coaches coming at me for like, Oh, you want to play soccer for my school? So the thing that was biting was track and that's when like, I didn't really start developing like my love and my, my knowledge and everything else that I've developed for track until my junior year in high school. And I just kind of, I had to make something work because I knew my mom never wanted to pay for college. So I just said, we just gonna have to figure it out. I'm gonna just have to run fast and hopefully like, you know, stuff, stuff starts happening. And after literally six months of just learning how to hurdle and trying to get, trying to get like used to it, I kind of just like started to take off and that's when I knew like, okay, so track is going to be the one thing for college. And I kind of got to put soccer on the back burner because
2: mm-hmm.
0: the coach, my coach now, of course, coach Shaver, he didn't, he was not letting that fly. <laughs> <laughs> I could not be a soccer player in a track runner because that's just injury, of course. But yeah. Yeah. I um, So I didn't really, I, I never really imagined when I was younger, like, Oh yeah. Like, of course you want to be like all the, you know, the famous people and the big people, but I never really like seen myself. As like being where I'm at today when I was young until
3: like later years. I'm looking at this results. Joshua pulled up the results from the C Middle School meet. It's just funny, bro. Oh, it is. You ran 12.75. I don't know how old you were here, but that's that's moving at like what? 12
1: years old. Oh yeah, yeah, I hey.
0: remember that. Okay, wow, second, that was so second long
1: place. Ago. Second place ran 13.50, bro. That oh, smacked wow. him like.
3: Straight up. But basically where I was going with that is just like you said you didn't so you didn't pick up the hurdles until your junior year. What events were you doing um, before you started like really like taking it seriously?
2: Uh,
0: so when I moved to New Orleans, my freshman year in high school, I went to like a little small school and we were we were a little bit like I think I forgot what district we were in, but basically. Um, I did the hundred and I got second at state. I didn't really, I mean, i ran like 1201, I think, but that was my freshman year in high school when I first mm-hmm. moved to New Orleans and then I transferred schools. So like, there's a rule out here, where you have to sit out a year. Mm. And so I had to sit out my right. sophomore season. Um, I would have been running my whole sophomore year since sophomore year, but I had to sit out. And so I was just like, you know, training, whatever, Uh still playing soccer. So that was pretty much like the only thing I wanted to do anyway. And then, um, my junior year was when you know I was eligible to run and compete with my team and so it happened because one day I was literally jogging at practice and I'm so goofy I don't take nothing serious but I jumped over a trash can and um I actually like I hurdled over it like I was like thinking like yeah y'all y'all think I can hurdle and um I hurdled over it and my mom seen it from across the track and she was like
3: uh-oh <laughs> so
0: do that again and I was like okay and so like she was like do you want to hurdle And I was like, yeah, I want to try it. That'd be cool. And so um, I never thought about it, but she kind of sparked that in me. And so we tried it and literally like the first meet uh, for indoor, I ran and I won. I forgot what it was called, Louisiana Invitational or something. But I won that meet and my mom seen that like we got something going on here. And so I started my junior year in high school and that was indoor of like 2017. So that was like my first year ever running. And six months later, I was running thirteen
1: three. Dang, yeah, that's wild. Dang. So you've been hurdling for like five years. Five, yeah,
0: roughly five, I think. Roughly yeah,
1: five years. Why? Why didn't you ever uh, long jump like Akia? Like I was looking, I was like, Akia went to like state, like her sophomore year, bro. Right? I was like, you didn't, you didn't think like that's in the genes, you know?
0: Um, I knew I could do it, but I knew also too that I had to pick one and. I knew that I loved running way more than like jumping or anything yeah. just because like I don't know I just love running fast like it's just fun I don't know why but it just feels good so like I knew that you know that probably wasn't my path so I just kind of stuck to running but I always looked at it like oh that's pretty cool but it just didn't really interest me I could have though
3: So 2 years of her 2 years of hurdling and then you end up committing going to LSU what was it like, you know, first getting to LSU? Because that's just a legendary, a legendary program, you know, produced all around from field field events to sprints to, to hurdles. Y'all take up a bunch of – I would love to see how many people from LSU are on the USA team. But what was it like first getting there and, like, well, I probably maybe answered the question, why did you pick LSU too?
0: Um. So I feel like I didn't really know because I was young, but from from like I was young, I knew that LSU was like one of the dream schools. I even have it on a poster in here, like from freshman year in high school. But um, I knew that like LSU and Oregon were always my dream schools. Um, and then when we started the recruitment process, LSU was my first visit. And um, also Coach Shaver came on a home visit to come see me. And as soon as I met him, I just knew like, this was a man of business and he told me at my dinner table, literally in here, he said, I'm not even going, like I'm not only going to bring you to a national championship, but I'm going to bring you to like a world stage as well. And he promised me that. And so when I, when I heard that, and when I felt that spirit that was in the, like in the atmosphere, I kind of just knew like my, my spirit told me that he was like the person that I can trust out of anyone in the NCAA. And so you know, of course, he was my first visit. I met the team. I had fun with them. You know, we bonded and everything. It was good. I loved the campus. I felt like I was literally at at home because, you know, I'm from New Orleans. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of just like, okay, I'm still in my territory and not too far from home. But I knew that, like, this was, it was going to be hard to top LSU. So I went on my other, I think, four visits. And it was good. You know, I enjoyed it. You know, it was good to, like, experience and see everybody else and what other coaches were offering. But something just still was sitting in my spirit that lsu was the school for me especially because he said i'm not just here for your collegiate performance i want to get you to the next level as well and so that was something he told me that no other coach really told me mm-hmm. and it, it kind of just sat with me for a while so i kind of just i kind of just um i took that and ran with it and i decided like okay lsu is it
1: yeah i mean
3: like you were saying earlier like he he truly just he believed in you he saw the he saw the vision from when you were a senior in high school so yeah that would that would definitely convince me you coming in when like yo I'm gonna take you to the next level this ain't even about just like college and he's he's so he's so proven what is it about what what is it about him too like is it like the belief that he just puts in all of his athletes and I also feel like you you all just have like a great team culture too like everybody throwing up throwing up the l's like after their mindset's
1: different bro. the mindset is like different from each like lsu lsu person we talked to i feel like
0: yeah yeah um so i guess you could say our culture is the way it is because louisiana is just like we're some ride or dies for each other and um our team in general like we're not just your average team like we're really a big family and we're like any other family, like, you know, we fight, we have our downfall, you know, we don't always get along. But at the end of the day, we going to we going be there for each other no matter what. And that's something that I noticed as well, just in the recruitment process that, like, this is just a family. It's not just a team. And so I really admired that. And so um, there's a lot of people that are kind of against LSU and not really fans of LSU and so that's why we're kind of like so strong and we just stick together because there's so many people against us and so we just try to spread positivity as best as we can and kind of tune everything out so yeah like the culture here is just is awesome and supportive
1: and I feel like for the past like couple years too it's definitely been way back uh, as well like with Lolo Jones when she was there but like the past like four years like LSU's been looking like a hurdle school too and it's definitely for the shorts and with you this year like with, with you and with Eric Edwards over there as well but then like when you first getting there like you have um, is it uh, you have Tonia Marshall and Milan Young like sure. doing doing their thing just like how was it to go in like step in when you already have someone there like Tonia and Young like performing super well and the 60 meter hurdles and the 100 meter hurdles and it's kind of like learning from
0: them um so I haven't really talked about this in a minute but I absolutely miss Tonia so much because I learned so much from her just being mm-hmm. here we learned from each other kind of I guess you could say but I learned so much from her because she was always an athlete that I also looked up to from high school, just being at New Balance indoor, seeing her record um, up there saying like, you know, I want a record too, I want to do this. So she was always like an inspiration to me. And I, I learned so much just in a sense of like, we'd be at practice and she'd see something wrong and she'd be like, okay, fix this and do this. Mm-hmm. And she was never one of those teammates that was like against me. Like, you know, she kinda, um, mm-hmm. she kind of helped me in my journey And um, she's another reason why, like, you know, I'm here today because she instilled in me that I can do all things and never back down. And just as a teammate, like, yeah, we're competitors, but like she was always a teammate to me and like a sister. And so I'm very grateful for everything that she's really helped me with, because even I'd be having breakdowns at track meets and she'd pull me to the side. Like I literally called her crying one year because I couldn't. I was scared and I, you know, I didn't know what was going on, but I just know I wanted to win. And she was like, you need to just trust God and trust this process because it's not easy. And it, No one ever said it was going to be easy. And so just hearing her and, you know, my teammate Milan, she always motivated me as well. We pushed each other at practice and just like, you know, seeing them, seeing them just be above me and, you know, wanting to be like them. It was always like, you know, that that push to want to be just like them and be on
1: that next level with them. Dang, and then to go from that to, the, to like, last year at Olympic Trials, like, to be on, well, USA is too, but, like, the Olympic Trials, to, for y'all to be on, like, the same line together, you and Tonia, like, both being, like, wearing LSU, like, across their chest too. Like, what was that just moment for both of y'all, like, it, that, that's crazy for, for both of y'all to, like, come in, working towards that, and you both get on the line at the Olympic Trials. Like, that's a big thing for both still being collegiate athletes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Even till, even till like down to then, um, she, she's still like, we were on the line next to each other being competitors. She still was telling me like, come on, mamas, go out there and just stay with me. You know, we can do this together. It don't have to be like me above you or whatever. Like she wanted the best for me at all times. And I wanted the best for her as well, just because of how, how much she treated me like a sister and not just necessarily a competitor. And so I really, I really, um, admired that and I think just running with her on that level it kind of like showed me that I I had a confidence that came out of nowhere like I and I know I had to prove people wrong because you know they kind of counted me out at NCAAs for Olympic trials and so she was always that one to say like yeah they count you out but that's their job too you know to just like stir you up and make you feel like you know you're less than but she always like told me that I was better than, and when we competed together, it was just awesome because, you know, she was pretty much the reason why I ran twelve sixty five because I was literally next to her and I was, we practiced together all last year, so I I was used to it. I felt like I was at practice, so just using her as that guide and that um that motivation was like a main reason why I ended off the season for Olympic trials the way I did. But
2: yeah,
3: yeah, that that's. What's crazy about that, too, I feel like having her as a teammate prepares you when you go on the big stage so much when you're next to Ken Harrison or Brianna McNeil or all these great, I mean, the hurdles in the in the U.S. are amazing.
1: Well, Do like feel- the U.S. woman 100-meter hurdles, Aaron, like that's one of the scariest events to me. Yeah. You feel me? Like every single year there there's dogs, you know?
3: Yeah, I mean, we had we had the we had the world record, you know, for a second until until this year, and then it's like you can name you can name five you can name five women from the U.S. that could be like on the on the team or even placing. You go Nia, Nia Ali,
1: you go um, Ken Harrison, you go Lele. It's like go Christina Manning, you go exact- like Christy Castlin, like. There is women year in, year out that can be on that team.
3: Do you feel like you learned anything from those current women when you went when you made that US team and you just get to be around all these people that have just done it so many times already?
0: Oh yeah, I definitely learned from them. Um, I would say the main takeaway that I learned was that like in the atmosphere, there was so much tension and like so much like I have to do this and I need to do this. But like it wasn't really like that for me. It was The thing that separated me from the rest was that it was just like, I'm here um, because I'm having fun. Like, yay. Mm -hmm. I was just like a kid at Christmas. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, okay, we made it to the final. Let's have fun, you know? And I feel like everyone had a lot of tension. And so the thing that I learned was that, like, there's not really – there's no pressure. Like, you have the talent. That's why you're here. That's why you're at this stage. Just, like, literally let go and let God. And I feel like that's probably, like, the main thing that I have that I – um that I that's very important to have like with any athlete um, was just like having confidence in yourself and just being like comfortable with yourself and how you compete how you perform because um, the main thing another thing I learned from um, from um, like just my competitors not even on the team but just my competitors just like to be kind to people you know I feel like there was so much like if you're my competitor I can't talk to you I'm not like that. Like I love yeah. everybody. I don't care if you're lined up on the line next to me. You know, I'm still gonna show you love regardless. So I think that's just something I learned. Um I didn't really get to talk with them much, but I just I just know that um there was like little things that I learned just from being in the atmosphere with them.
3: Yeah, just things you could just pick up and be around. Yeah. I was I was just watching like uh Deion Sanders was talking about because at the HBCUs they had the XFL like tryouts and they're and there was a bunch of people trying out there and he was like, they're asking him what he tells his athlete, tell his athletes, what would you tell them about this moment? And he was like, bro, like, there's no pressure. He's like, this is a gift, you know, on present when, you know, like on Christmas, when you get a present and you get to open it up and show everyone like, this is a gift. You get to put your gift on display and like what you're talking about with like worlds. It's like, bro, just getting there is like, man, like you get to show, show this gift that you've been given, like you're just unwrapping a gift. So, and it definitely, like you said, it's like, I mean, like we've been saying the whole podcast, it's already written and everything, but it's really like, it's a, it's a blessing, man. Like just go out there and like, and let God, I think that advice transcends sports into so many, so many different things in life, work, any type of event or anything, especially if it has to do with like a passion of any story like that but is there anything outside you know you're at the meet you know what are you doing like are you focused on the race the entire time you're there are you watching like something on Netflix what are you doing in between like days at the world champs
0: um well a little bit of schoolwork of course that, that happens, that's the struggle but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but in between when I was up there, I was up there for two weeks prior to my race. I was literally the last person to go. But I got there like them like two Mondays before, I think. And um or like a Monday before. And I um when I was there, I kind of just like got a feel of like the environment that I was in. Cause we had a hotel, like a whole hotel was just Team USA. Mm-hmm. It was close to the public. So like they had everything set up. Like we had ping pong tables a huge TV and stuff like that, like foosball. And so I kind of just got like, I didn't think about my race until literally like the day, like the day of, or the day before I didn't think about it. I was literally just enjoying my environment. And I was kind of, I was kind of getting accustomed to like the fact that I looked up to these people when I was younger. And now I'm in the same, I'm in the same area. Like I'm on the same team with, Allison Felix and Sidney McLaughlin, yeah. these people that I've, like, looked up to so highly my entire life, like, I was kind of just taking it in, and my main goal is that I wanted to rise to the, like, occasion of being a pro athlete um, still in college, um, and I kind of just wanted to get out of the mindset of, like, okay, yeah, you're a college athlete, you know, just do the best you can. Yeah, I want to do the best I can, but I also want to show these people that like, I can compete with them too, you know? I it's wanted like, to show the world playing. that I can compete. Yeah, and so <laughs> just being around them and like, you know, I was kind of just, I just became a kid and I was just like enjoying where I was and not necessarily like adding pressure to myself. I just, you know, I would sit in the lobby for like hours and watch Netflix or, cause they had a huge, like a 70 or 80 inch TV. So I just sit in the lobby and watch Netflix and, like, you know, some people come up to me, like, you know, I would see Fred Curley and um and Marvin Bracy. They'd be playing, like, dominoes with some of the USATF staff. Yeah. And just, like, seeing them, like, have fun, it, it didn't really add any pressure to me because it was just, like, these people are just here, like, having fun like me, you know?
2: And yeah. so
0: that's kind of what I did. I just, like, I just relaxed. Like, it was almost like a vacation for the first two weeks, really. And then Saturday, I was like, okay, I actually right, got to run tomorrow. Let's do this. <laughs> But yeah, I didn't really do much.
3: Who the loudest, who the loudest on USA? Like who surprised you, who surprised you the most by their personality? Was there anyone sort of like, dang, I didn't think that uh, they would be like this outgoing or like this funny or something like that?
0: I would say my best experience on, um, on the team, person who I've met would have to be Elijah Godwin. I, um, I, I met out. him unexpectedly. He's actually such a cool person. Like his vibe is just literally so contagious and so matched, but he's like a good friend that I met and like I'll, I'll forever cherish his friendship. Cause he just seems like such a genuine person. Like we had, conver- we literally talked for like hours upon hours and we were just talking about like God and you know, how people take stuff too serious. Like we, we think a lot alike and mm-hmm. I just, um, That's something that like, I'll probably forever remember. That's why it was so easy for me to say like, Elijah is probably like one of my favorite people that I met on this journey. Cause we've been in the same literally like conference this whole time. And I did not know he was like, that was his personality. He told me his life story. I told him mine kind of a little bit and it was just so cool. So I would say like, his personality is just huge. Like he's hilarious. He's a character, but yeah, I would say Elijah. Elijah Godwin from Georgia.
1: What you're describing, too, just, like, being the USA teams and having deep conversations with people, like, it reminds me, like, surprisingly, but I guess it's not surprising because it's, like, track and field doesn't really change, like, from a team aspect, but reminds me of, like, when I was a kid and I was going to, like, the Junior Olympics with my team and, like, I was on a 4 by 4 team and, like, or we just went to, like, our trip or we did, like, a the club, when like me and Aaron, we'd go to like, uh, air, like the Phoenix meet and stuff like that, or just like in cross country, we would go to like Portland. It was just like a whole bunch of people, just like everybody in the same hotel all the yeah it's just like teams, it's having like, fun like, yeah and then it's like race day the next day it's like all right man i can't i can't stay up till 3 a.m today bro we gotta get
0: <laughs> literally that's like, exactly bro, what like,
1: like, like bro shut up like i'm trying to sleep now like, you know what i mean yeah. like they be playing around until it's race day so like that, yeah. that's just really yeah that, that just sounds like uh such a good time but that, i was curious too just about we talked about already like you've been to you were at eugene like so many times but just like that um not I mean really the atmosphere, but when you when you were competing, but like the first time you actually like showed up and just walked into like the stadium and like competition was happening or before competition was happening, did it feel like different or did it feel like the same old, same old to you? Because I feel like for Aaron, Aaron, did it feel like, I wanna, I'm curious what Aaron thinks too. Did it feel like the same to you too when we just went there without competition that was there? But first, like from Aaliyah, did it feel like? Just the same, or did it feel different when you seem like everything's set up for worlds?
3: Also, I, I wonder does it feel different from like, well, I'm sure it feels different, but like, what's like the atmosphere NCAA's to USA's to worlds, and it's all in the same stadium? Like, how does, does the atmosphere like feeling change with the stage? Does that you think provide? more comfort or is is it kind of is it kind of weird like being there so much
0: um it was the atmosphere was completely different um it felt like literally a different track me every time it was but like it felt Mm -hmm. like a completely different stadium and i like it of course everything looked the same but like the crowds were different like you can tell NCAA is like, okay, that was the collegiate supporters, you know, like, yeah, it was okay, you know, yeah. like they still supported me, but it was like, you know, it wasn't as big or like, you know, like, ah, but like NCAA's, you know, it was hype. I won. It was fun. And then going into trials, it was like, it was okay, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the biggest crowd, but it wasn't like, you know, like necessarily yeah. like all that hype. It was just like a different, it felt like I was in a different atmosphere. And then going into worlds, um, when I walked out it was literally like probably one of the best feelings that I've ever felt when I stepped on the track and I say that because literally there was not there was pretty much not one empty seat in the stadium on final day yeah like when I walked out I looked at the crowd and I was like that is so many people but like they were all like I just heard the crowd like more people knew me from NCAAs like you know you support your team you support this that and third but like when you got a USA across your chest they don't care if you're from Timbuktu like you got USA on your chest, so we're supporting you. And they were calling my name, like, yeah, go Leah!" blah, blah. And I'm like, how do these people know me? Like, I'm still in shock. Like, yeah, I mean, cool, but how do you know me, you know? And so it was just so cool. And I think that was, that was the difference between the atmosphere. It's just like necessarily the crowd. The crowd was kind of like, they play a big role in athletes' performances. And I think if the crowd supports you, then like you literally just have a whole team on your back. And um or like not on your back, but a whole team coming behind you. And that was the difference between the atmospheres. Like being at Worlds on a world stage is just completely different. Cause even other countries sometimes even support you. Like Jamaica was going crazy behind me as well. And so I just think that was just like really awesome. But the atmosphere was definitely different. Each meet, it changed. It was completely different.
3: I felt like uh when we were at USA's versus Worlds, I feel like there's just, I felt more tension low-key at USA's because it's like, oh, I got to make this team, you know, versus like Worlds, I feel like was just, there's always like, always felt like a little bit of a happy undertone because it's like, bro, this is it. This is the world championship. All the countries are together and it's like celebrating. But I would say Joshua, for me, that's the biggest like difference that I felt from like Worlds to USA's really yeah, I I
1: would I would agree. It, it definitely it definitely was like a lot of a lot of happiness, you know. Like no matter like a lot of people too that were all like, oh, I didn't perform. It, it's it's bittersweet, you know. Like I'm still on the world. Like it, there was a a lot of people were able to find like the bright side and things like immediately afterwards. Yeah, so I think a lot true. of people at the end of the day, like they may have been like mad about the performance or like me crying or something but i think i well i hope like two days from after y'all like i was at worlds though like i got seventh that i'm the seventh fastest man ever like in the world in the 800 or something like that like that's still a pretty like good accomplishment or even being like 30 30, 30th you know but you know sometimes sometimes you don't want like something like that but also i was asked to just like the experience in general because i really feel like i feel like world championships was dope like i think from the presentation, from, like, the crowd, like, hyping up, especially, like, the field events, like, being there was, like, cool, and us, like, doing our things with, like, our podcasts and stuff, like, it was a dope experience, I feel like, just for a track and field fan. Are you, did you leave world championships, like, having a lot of hope and just, like, our sport going forward? Because, like, people be out here saying that we a dying sport, in some some cases, it's kind of true, in other cases, I'm all, like, I'll just start world championships, and, it doesn't really look like it's dying you know
0: no if you ask me I think the sport is actually growing tremendously like there is people telling me after my race just oh yeah I'm not really big in the track world but I think um the track world just gained another fan just because of like this meet this was the this was literally like the greatest world championships ever and so I think that alone kind of brought so much attention to the to the sport because like the amount of viewers that we had just from the U.S. alone like that's I think that was like the second most for any track event or any sporting event like in U.S. history or something like that it was some sort of history thing don't quote me on that but I just think we're we're bringing a lot more attention to the sport just because of how much the sport is evolving itself because you don't you don't really like hear about people running this fast like you know, just the hurdles alone, 12-12 is absolutely insane. I mean, and then twelve oh six. who cares if there was wind behind it? It's, it's still stupid. a twelve oh six.
2: Like yeah. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: Like, she's almost running 11 seconds. And that's, I think that's something that people kind of are seeing. And it's just like, whoa, that's not normal. But, like, they're doing this because they're talented. And so I don't think the sport's dying personally. I think, if anything, like, we're getting a pretty big fan base. And it's just going to keep, like, moving forward, when I left world, I was like, the track and field world is about to change like for the greater and by the Olympics, there's going to be so many people that support this sport till it's ridiculous, yeah. even probably by Worlds next year.
3: Yeah, yeah, And I also just feel like, um, yeah, like track and field, I think is going to continue growing, too, because I feel like we can still definitely do better. But I feel like we're I think just with social media, you're just seeing more personalities of like the U.S. team just have more access to see who these people are. And it's just that gathers much attention. And like, Joshua was Joshua's was about to just say how like the women are leading the way in the US when you just think of, or even at world to think there was like, you had Sydney, you know, Allison Felix, a thing, super hype people super hyped about Abby Steiner, if Gabby was healthy and was there or Jenna Prandini, or Katie and the well you go on and
1: on and on, but um I was gonna let Joshua ask that question. It was the most watched World Track and Field Championships. That was the record that we got. It was eighteen point seven million. I pulled it up. I think Otto Bolden tweeted that. 18.7 million. Yeah, most most okay. ever over a 10 day span. But then also too, like Aaron was saying, I really feel like it's crazy too that track is like growing so exponentially right now it's coming so popular and it's like it's women leading the way too that are like the main stars and i felt like that was even really cool too that i have like the women close it out in like the four by four as well just overall for the meet like that doesn't that doesn't happen it's usually always like the men closing the four by four but then the switch it for this year i think it's just like uh really big statement and being the same year as like title nine 50 50 years of title nine but i really feel like just going forward like women are leading that way and just how does it feel like for you alia to be in that space now like you are part of these this like golden age of women track and field runners and i mean just the americans because Aaron didn't mention like uh shelly ann fraser price and elaine thompson and all those other other women like even like safana San and like the those storylines and those athletes are like take they're taking over taking over headlines a lot of the times so how does this feel to be like be a woman in this power in this time period of a track and field
0: i'm i'm so proud to be a woman um and i don't just say that from a track and field aspect but i just say that all around because i feel like we're like in the past women were looked at as like oh she can't do this because she's a woman blah blah but like now we're kind of the face of everything, like we're doing it and we're inspiring and this and the third. Not taking anything from, you know, what the men did on their side, but just us alone. I feel like we deserve this because us as women, we we're empowering. And um I just think that we're kind of molding a different future, you know, because in the past and in history, you know, we always learn about how women were. of considered less than you know didn't have the same rights didn't have equal rights but I feel like it's not even about rights anymore it's just about like our human abilities and what we can do you know and we're kind of proving ourselves and showing and we're not letting just like history repeat itself we're kind of making our own history and that's something that we did and to be a part of that is just like it's awesome because I can just tell like I can use this to tell my kids my in the future you know and just younger kids that are around me when i'm a little bit older i can just use this to tell them like continue on this legacy because we're making a, a brighter history and not a negative yeah. one so i just think that like that was something that was just so awesome to be a part of because like i'm doing it with the people that i looked up to and i use that to like guide me to make you know good history and so i want to do the same thing and pay it forward to younger kids and i think it's just awesome
1: it's her story. Come on now. It's her story. Yes. Come, coming out there. <laughs> they're doing their thing. They're doing their thing for sure. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's dope to see. And honestly, it's like dope to see like the women are deaf. I think women are definitely in the future of track and field. And I think they're going to be the ones, y'all are the ones that are going to bring us to like the face. I really feel like that for sure. But as we close out the podcast and everything, we enjoy you having us on. But we have a few just fast, kind of fast questions that we want to talk about a little bit too. As, some people may know about Aaliyah that I think, as it meant for the past year, for the past two years, you've carried around uh, Stitch everywhere you go, especially like when you uh, travel and everything. So I just wanna know, what are your top five favorite Disney movies? You know, like let's, let's, let's get a list right now. What's your top five Disney? We can go Disney Channel, original movies. We can go Pixar, live action Disney movies, top five favorite Disney movies.
0: That's tough. Okay. I haven't thought about this in a minute. Um, Top five. I don't have any specific order, but I do have a top five. That's Um, fine. fine. So I would say... um, I would say Princess and the Frog, 100%. New
3: Orleans, Um, come on. Yeah, you got to. (laughs) Yes. Uh,
0: I would definitely say... uh, I would say that I don't know if y'all seen it, but the Wizards of with the Wizards of Waverly Place movie. I forgot what The Wizards
1: called. of Waverly Place movie. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That's definitely in my top five. Um, <laughs> that Proud Family movie, of okay. course, that has okay, to that's be in great.
3: it. That dance scene, that dance back <laughs> scene, that's legendary. <laughs> yes. Iconic.
0: Um The Emperor's New Groove.
3: That's a great movie too. And. Not um, Lilo and
1: Stitch.
0: Oh yeah, I'm so Lilo dumb. Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> yeah, Lilo and Lilo Stitch. Stitch. That's actually the top one. That's probably my
1: favorite Disney movie, Lilo and Stitch. Like, that's that's solid it is. Princess and the Frog, Emperor's New Groove, Wizard of Aberdeen Place movie, Proud Family, and Lilo and Stitch. That's that's solid. Yeah. That's a solid top five. It's all it's top five. Yeah. Most definitely. I like how you threw the Proud Family in there. I like that.
0: Had to. <laughs>
3: yeah, classic. Uh, Quick question to. So, yeah, how are you spending your time when you're not when you're not doing track, you're not doing school? You got any any hobbies you doing outside of that?
0: Um, I haven't got a chance to like really do much just because of school, but I'm almost done, so I guess you can say now I want to start a YouTube channel. So, that's um, cool. here I'm actually going to be starting YouTube and getting really serious with that. So that's going to be a new hobby that I pick up. And um, I love singing and dancing, so I've been kind of singing here and there not really because of course I said you know like school and stuff but yeah just like that's pretty much the main thing I want to really get serious with YouTube because I feel like I have such a big personality and I can talk to people so
3: yeah
0: I think that'll just like be a good opportunity to just like have fun make money and just be myself to the world
3: would you want to do like vlogs or are you, are you going to be doing like pranks what, what kind of content pranks. Are you, are you trying to I, I don't know you know what I'm saying you can Be <laughs> as creative as possible
0: um I would say kind of like everything you just mentioned like I don't really have like a specific category I just want to be able to like be myself but on mm-hmm. camera and just like show the world who I am just outside of the track because I feel like people just see a lot of athletes like oh she's this track runner blah blah but like I want to show my personality so yeah I do like pranks um tutorials like hair tutorials i love natural hair so i do like mm-hmm. tutorials and um you know get ready with me's like just stuff like that and of course vlogs and um the other day i asked my instagram like what they want to see so i kind of got like a little list of how i'm gonna start up so yeah i think that's i'm probably gonna just do a whole bunch of stuff but definitely pranks oh my gosh i'm I, i'm never serious so like that's gonna be a main thing
3: all right man lsu teammates y'all
1: better look out watch out y'all, saying <laughs> y'all about to be on camera <laughs> Might <I'm>, just be <laughs> Also too, you mentioned singing, everything, dancing. What what music are you listening to right now? Are we listening to Renaissance by Beyonce and then you listen to any gospel music too? What gospel artists do you listen, listen to?
0: I still gotta listen to Renaissance. Um I haven't had any time for nothing else besides
1: school and
0: just like business, but I still gotta listen to Renaissance. I'll do that probably like either later today or tomorrow ish. But um my main music, my favorite artist is Janae Echo. She's literally like, oh my gosh, like I love her so much. Um, her and Jasmine Sullivan. And I do listen to a lot of gospel music during the season. And yeah, yeah. I was out of season two, like when I'm cleaning my house or something. But yeah, I'm big on gospel music and just like soothing music, like r and B. R and b is like my category.
3: I saw her in concert last year. She is really amazing. She could play, she was playing the drums, doing the guitar, yes. singing. I was like, dang, she's a musical no, she's genius. Awesome. Like she's a prodigy. <laughs> like, no, this, she's
0: literally awesome, for real. Like, she's like in the in the top five for sure.
3: Yeah, like it was wild. I didn't expect her to be doing, be doing all that. I was like, dang, like she's nice. She's nice with it. Definitely go see her live. Her live is amazing.
2: Okay,
3: it's um, on
0: my bucket list now, I got
3: to. Yeah, bro. I would just say it's a little bit deeper. Um one message you one message if you could put it on a billboard, what would you what would you want that message be? A message on a billboard for everyone to see.
0: Um for everyone to see.
3: It could be be could be anything. Funny, deep. My
0: main thing that I go by is um hmm, I don't know how to put it. Cause I never really put it into words, just a thought. But I was just—I mean, honestly, this is like a little broad, and like you know, anyone can really say it. But it's really like something that I stand by, and it's really just like, never lose faith in the process. That's really like my main thing. Like that's what's kept me going. Just never lose faith.
3: Never lose faith in the process.
1: I like it. Yeah. I think that's—that's a gem. That—that would hit for sure. I would. I would. And then we always like to ask this question, every last few questions, people, questions we always ask on the podcast right here. Cause sometimes we don't know who to get on the podcast. We need help. We were just talking about who should we have on the podcast, you know, but uh, who should be a guest on a Two Black Runners podcast next? Who do you think would fit the mold? Who would be a good person? It could be a coach, it could be an athlete. It could be uh, a media person. It could be uh, a random celebrity. It could be this dude on the street. Who do you think would be a great person on oh, the podcast?
2: <laughs> oh, let's
0: see. Who would be a Ooh, okay. I'm just going to recommend one of the favorite one of my favorite people that I just met. I would say Elijah Godwin. Let's go. He'd be awesome and he's very open like, you know, he's not he's not mean, he's not too Hollywood like he'd be the perfect fit cuz he's he's just so well spoken. So, I would say him for sure.
3: Oh he's been on my he's been on my list. So I'm glad yes. to hear that. I'm glad to hear that.
1: That's perfect.
0: Definitely. Yeah, he's he's definitely
1: a gym. And then last question, we always ask this person. We always ask this question for our last question on the podcast. We definitely have somebody to interview. It's kind of deep, but it's a good one to lead off on. What mark do you want to leave on the sport of track and field?
0: Um A mark that I want to leave is that, and again, this is like just a kind of, I guess you could say cliche quote, but you can literally do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I mean, not just like, oh yeah, you can do, you know, you can run, you can run 12-12, but that's probably like the fastest. Like, no, if you can, if you feel like you can go 11-9, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And that's just like my main thing. The, the thing that I want to leave and the mark that I want to leave on the track road before I leave is that anything is possible if you just put your mind to it and if I can do it if Cindy McLaughlin can do it if Alex and Felix can do it then anybody in this world can do whatever they whatever they imagine and not even on the track but just in life in general even if it's a job you want nothing is too hard to get you can get whatever you put your mind to and so
1: yeah, I, there's a reason why those things are cliche you know there's a reason why they're cliche. They're, they're, they, 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 they happen a lot, and it's a lot yeah. of people believe them. So real. So like, that that's real talk for sure. That's that's real talk. Shout out T. You know what I mean. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, you got anything else to say before we close out, bro? Aaron.
3: Um. No, I I love that though too. You could do all things through Christ, you know. So having that. God is that fuel. And I always believe that like those thoughts that you get about things that you think you can do, I feel like that is like God giving you like a little sneak peek of the vision of what he has for you. So thank you for that. Like that was definitely inspiring and I appreciate you just coming on uh, with like your busy schedule and everything you're doing, but super excited. Like it was just full circle crazy like my dad was so hyped well, when we saw when we saw your mom, and she, he was like, "What? Like, what? They're out there? Like, yeah." So, just just cool to see somebody from CNUSD champion to NCAA champion to fourth fastest in the world
1: is that's crazy. That's a crazy progression, bro. Exactly. Thank you. Thank
0: you so much. Yeah. I appreciate that. It was awesome being here. I'm glad I got to share my story and just everything that I've been through. And just like my mindset going forward, because, you know, like I said, I want to use my platform to inspire. So I'm glad I got to share that.
1: No, thank you so much. I hope this inspires someone out there. I hope this got to let you guys know more about Aaliyah Armstrong, because I think that's a name you'll be hearing from for years to come. That That's definitely the plan. But appreciate you, Leah, coming on. It was our pleasure. It was a great time definitely do it again and i I know we'll see you at meets going forward uh, in the future and and y'all get ready for her
3: youtube channel man about to be yes everything in the third you know what i'm saying y'all gonna (laughs) see a lot more you're gonna see a lot more of her on the youtube channel so get ready for that too
0: yes thank y'all so much